What is going on, everybody? What is going on? It is your boy, Darian, and I am officially here saying that this is the Darian Hopkins Show. Where it be sports talk, where it be entertainment, where it be anything that's going on with sports and entertainment world, we will be doing it right here on the Darian Hopkins Show. So if this is your first time ever being here, right here at the Darian Hopkins Show, we highly suggest that you subscribe, hit the bell button, and get the latest news on all entertainment and sports news as well. So I really appreciate you coming by the channel, and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Good evening, good evening, good evening. What is going on, everybody? What is going on? We are live again for episode nine of the Darian Hopkins Show. And I am your host, Darian, of the Darian Hopkins Show. And it's today, Monday, February 20th, 2023. And today is President's Day, ladies and gentlemen. Today is President's Day. So thank y'all for tuning in on this holiday, ladies and gentlemen. This is President's Day. I had to work, but hey, it is what it is. I had to work and do what I had to do. But before we get into any topics today, make sure y'all go follow us on all social media platforms, YouTube at The Daria Hopkins Show, Twitter and Instagram at The D Hopkins Show. If you want to listen to this audio podcast of The Daria Hopkins Show, make sure y'all follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Darian Hopkins Show. All the links are in the description for our show. Now, if you want to go to live events, if you want to go to sporting events, if you want to go to comedy shows, if you want to go to anything that is a part of SeatGeek, make sure you go to SeatGeek.com and use my promo code SRT to get your first $20 off on, on your purchase when it comes to sporting events, comedy shows, live events. Make sure y'all go to SeatGeek and use the promo code SRT, ladies and gentlemen. But thank y'all for tuning in to another show of the Darian Hopkins Show. And I am your host, Darian, of the Darian Hopkins Show. And I am proud to be here, ladies and gentlemen. I am proud to be here on this Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just to let everyone know, we will have a special guest on today, ladies and gentlemen. Have a special guest on, and that is Touchdown with Doug Smith. Mr. Doug Smith will be coming in around 7 o'clock. Uh, Easter Standard Time, he'll be coming in talking about his channel. We're going to talk about some more sports podcasting and the podcasting industry as well. So hopefully we get to see him soon here on the Darian Hopkins Show. But I am happy to do another episode with y'all because at the end of the day, I love what I do, man. I don't care if I have zero viewers. I don't care if I have five viewers. I don't care if I have a thousand viewers. I'm here to talk about sports and I am here to talk about it in the way that I feel like it should be talked about. But we have a lot to cover, man. We do have a lot to cover within the next hour or so. So we do have to talk about Russell Westbrook, All-Star Weekend. And, you know, we got to talk about the XFL and All-American and the Elimination Chamber. So these segments is going to be very, very short, ladies. They're going to be very, very short. So make sure you tune in and you do not want to miss it when it comes to that. But before we get into anything, make sure y'all comment, like, and subscribe to the channel, man. It is the Darian Hopkins Show on YouTube. But let's get straight into it, Jim. Let's get straight to the point, man. Enough talking. Enough talking. Russell Westbrook, not Russell Wilson, Russell Net Westbrook, 
has planned to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers, ladies and gentlemen. He will sign with the Clippers. The Utah Jazz did buy out his contract that made him a free agent, and now he will sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. He will not. He will stay in L.A., basically. He's going back to L.A., but not under the Lakers. So he gets to play against the Lakers a few other times. It's going to be very interesting to watch. I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see. So at the completing the contract buyout, nine-time All-Star Russell Westbrook plans to sign with the L.A. Clippers. His agent, Jeff Schwartz, told XL Sports that told ESPN. Now, with Westbrook and the Utah Jazz finalizing the buyout on the remaining $47 million owned to the expiring deal, the former NBA MVP will return to Los Angeles, this time as a Clipper. He was officially waived from the Utah Jazz on Monday afternoon, which the league has announced. Now, the Clippers became increasingly interested in Westbrook as the team officials, including Ty Lue and the president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank, dug into the series of conversations with Westbrook sources say. Now they said that those discussions center Westbrook's willingness to fit into a clear Pacific role with the Clippers to build around the playmaking and rebounding in toughness, sources said. Now I have to say this. Westbrook is 34 years old, right? He's 34 years old. He's a he's a he's almost the all-time assist leader. I think he's already the all-time assist leader. He does have some toughness. He does bring some grit to the Clippers. He does bring it with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, depending on what's going on with Kawhi Leonard, because he's been very silent this year. But the Clippers look like a team in the West that we might not want to mess with if they can gel at the right time. Now, if they could gel at the right time. I could be like this. Okay, Westbrook, if you're looking to come off the bench, if you're looking to be a team player and not be a selfish player, I like the move. But if you're going to bring that grit, if you're going to bring that ignorance, if you're going to bring that ignorance, what's going on, James Farrell? What's going on, bro? If you're going to bring that ignorance to the Clippers, right? I I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I would not agree with this at all. I just wait. I wouldn't agree with this at all. But I like Russell Westbrook in this situation. He could get back at the Lakers and beat them a few times. And I take that. I don't mind that at all. But him getting a $47 million buyout by the Utah Jazz, I think he should have stayed in Utah as well. I think he was a fit there. I think he could have led that team. But I understand that he wants to win now. And Utah could probably win now if they did have Russell Westbrook. But the guy, is a, he's, a, he's an athlete. He can't shoot the ball well. He definitely can't shoot the ball well. But he's an athlete. He could get. He could facilitate. He could go coast to coast, but sometimes he could really be under uh, out of control going coast to coast sometimes. But Russell Westbrook is not a bad player. He's not, I call him Russell Westbrook. Because he can't he can't shoot to save his life. Never did, in my opinion. He was always good to attack the basket. So you have some pros and cons with Russell Westbrook. You really do. I don't see no issue with the Clippers here. Oh, the question is, how are they going to gel with Paul George? How are they going to gel with Kawhi Leonard? That's my problem. That's my absolute problem when it comes to the Clippers. 
Will they be able to win with Russell Westbrook? Will he start? Will he come off the bench? That's all need to be questioned. All need to be questioned. And I think the Clippers got they got a talent. They definitely got a talent. But can they get over the hump? That's been the problem with the Clippers in they in their career in in a franchise. You bought Paul George there. You bought Kawhi Leonard there. Now you got Russell Westbrook. Is he going to be a headache or he's going to be a team player? That's the that's the big issue. That's the big problem. I don't think he's going to be an issue, but I would not be surprised if he is. They couldn't get nothing done with John Wall. John Wall didn't play majority of the year due to injury. I heard he went in the trade deadline. He went back to the Rockets. So I'm sitting here like, okay, so now you bring in another guard that can score. John Wall was a better shooter than Russell Westbrook was, but he definitely wasn't. I think Russell Westbrook is a better facilitator to get his other players involved than John Wall was. So Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers is going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch in the West on top of that, as the West has gotten better since the trade deadline. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see if he's going to change his game. Will he come off the bench? Will he be a starter? What would Ty Luke do with him in his philosophy the way that Ty Luke wants to play basketball? That's my biggest thing. That is my biggest thing when it comes to it. So hopefully we can step to get the best out of it, man. Hopefully we get the best out of it. What's going on, Dominique Five? Thank you for tuning in to the show. Really do appreciate you, bro. Really do appreciate you coming here and being on the show, man. Really appreciate it. So Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. We're going to keep that short and sweet. The NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm a, I want to talk about this for a little bit. I want to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend a little bit. I'm not a big fan of the NBA All-Star Weekend anymore. I'm just not. I don't care for the celebrity basketball game. I don't care for the three-point contest, which Damian Lillard won. The skill challenge, which the Utah Jazz won. The dunk contest, that was the highlight of the night. It was the highlight of the night, and I didn't care for the All-Star game, even though Jason Tatum scored 55 points. But was there no defense played? I don't think Embiid played. I don't think Giannis played. I don't think LeBron played. I don't think a lot of players did not play in the All-Star game. That I, I, I just feel like it's not as competitive as it used to be. It's not as flat. See, the All-Star game is supposed to be flashy. And then when it gets down to that fourth quarter, that's where they pick up the D for bragging rights for the year. I'm used to being East-West. Now you got Team Giannis and Team LeBron. I like it. I want to go back to East-West. That's when the competitiveness was in, in the NBA All-Star game. You know, I, 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 like, I like Tatum that he did what he did. He was the All-Star MVP, but I didn't watch it because I didn't care. I didn't care for the All-Star game this year. I just didn't because I, I like it. I like it when the NBA had an East-West. Who was the better conference? We all know the West is the better conference, but when it comes to the All-Star game, you have actual competition. You feel me? You have actual competition. So sitting there and doing Team LeBron and Team Giannis, and I don't even think those two played in the Team Giannis and the Team LeBron. I don't think those two played. So, overall, let's get back to it. And that is the slam dunk contest. 
The slam dunk contest was pretty interesting to me because of one guy, our two-way player for the Philadelphia 76ers, which is my favorite team, by the way, in the NBA. And that's Mac McClung. He had a hell of a slam dunk contest. Hell of a slam dunk contest. The Philadelphia 76ers guard, Mac McClung, put on an amazing show during the 2023 NBA All-Star Dunk Contest Saturday night in Salt Lake City. Which who signed a two-way contract with the Sixers this week after spending time in the G League affiliate with the Delaware Blue Coats secured a victory in a series high-flying dunks. Now, according to ESPN stats and information, he joined Spud Webb, which in 1986, as the only players six foot or shorter with a perfect scores in the event with three 50s. I think he had three 50s in the slam dunk contest. Three. And the guy was phenomenal. Everybody else was garbage. They were all garbage in the, in the dunk contest besides him. He brought creativity to the slam dunk contest. He gave you wild. He shocked you. Especially with the two people jumping over the two people head. I guess he did a 720 instead of a 360. Something like that. But it was amazing to watch him. Just by watching the highlights. I didn't even have to watch the actual. I didn't even have to watch the slam dunk contest. What's up, Gregor John? What's going on? I didn't even have to actually watch the slam dunk contest just to see how amazing it was. Twitter was going off. Twitter was going off, ladies and gentlemen. And Matt McClung, 76, you better keep him around. He might just be a talent. He might just be a talent. Just because he won the slam dunk contest, he might just be a talent overall. He comes from the G League, and I think he's the first player from the G League to get a two-way contract to win an NBA contest. NBA slam dunk contest. Chad, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Chad? We have a lot to cover, man. But I have to say, the slam dunk um, the slam dunk contest was the highlight of the night. I didn't care for the three-point contest. I didn't care for the celebrity game. I didn't care for the skill count challenge. But I, I didn't care for the actual all-star game. I didn't care for it. Because they don't play no defense. I think they should go back to East and West instead of Team LeBron and Team Giannis. That's just my opinion. Just my opinion. If you're going to do Team LeBron and Team Giannis, at least put some competition into it. Some competition to make it worthy of watching. Worthy of watching. But that's all I have for the All-Star game, man, in my opinion. Not really too much to talk about, but Mac McClung winning a slam dunk contest and actually tearing the roof down the whole weekend. He was the Twitter feed and the Twitter trending all weekend, even, even with the All-Star game. I don't even think people care about the All-Star game. They saw the dunk contest and saw Matt McClung. They're like, oh, I'm not watching the game tomorrow, basically. That's exactly what happened. So, congratulations to Matt McClung. Congratulations to him for winning the slam dunk contest. Congratulations to you, my brother. Congratulations to you. So, I could tell you what I was watching last this past weekend, though. Besides the All-Star game and all the festivities for the NBA. I damn sure was watching. Damn sure was watching. The XFL. 
I damn sure was watching that. The XFL was very, very phenomenal this weekend. And for the people that want that do not want to watch the XFL, you're missing out. I don't care what nobody say. You're actually missing out on a great product in the in the NFL. The Rock has put some teams together. The Rock has put a product together. Yeah, it might not be NFL rules. So what? That's the traditional. NFL rules are the traditional. But we saw excitement in the game of football that we have not seen in a long time. There's no excitement in the NFL. It depends on if it goes the overtime or, or, or a dramatic finish. But all these games that was on this weekend, besides the Houston Roughnecks just demolishing their team, we're going to get into that, though. But the XFL is something that people need to pay attention to. It's a lot of former NFL players that have talent that can be in the NFL playing in the XFL. Just because they're the XFL, and we probably don't know their names right now, but a lot of them played on NFL teams that had the opportunity to. And The Rock gave them a chance by taking the XFL from Vince McMahon, and now him and Danny Garcia is the owners. I think Jerry Cardell is the other one of the owners of the XFL. I like the new rules for the XFL. I like it where you have the option after you score the touchdown. I like that. At the two-yard line is one point. At the five-yard line is two points. And at the 10-yard line, you get three points. So it's a one-point, a two-point, and a three-point conversion in the XFL. I like that. You can have one foot down as a wide receiver in the XFL. I like that. When they do kickoff, the players can't move it to the return to touch the ball. I like that for safety purposes. So, yeah, some rule changes for the XFL. So what? It's something different. I like that. So what I do like as well is that they have an option. So say if you score a touchdown and you down, you score a touchdown and you down, and you get the one point, two point, or three point conversion, and you still need to get the ball back. You have two options. You could get the onside kick, or they could, or you could take the fourth and fifteen. I like that. It makes it something more exciting, and we saw that with the Battle Hawks this weekend. We saw that with the Battlehawks this weekend. What a hell of a comeback for them. A hell of a comeback for the St. Louis Battlehawks that played the San Antonio Brahmas. That was a great, great way. Great way to finish. So week one of the XFL, the 2023 XFL season is in the books. And it was quite entertaining of a weekend of football as three of the four games went down to the wire. On Sunday, the St. Louis Battlehawks and the San Antonio Brahmas gave us an early candidate for game of the year as A.J. McCarron shook off his early struggles and scored 15 straight points in the final one minute and 30 seconds to defeat the Brahmas 18-15. He hit Austin Prohl, which is Ricky Prohl's son, for a successful three-point conversion and a first down and then went right back to Prohl for a 4-15 conversion. 
which the XFL version of an onside kick. Five plays later, A.J. McCarron in, in, in Austin Pro for a game-winning 13 touchdown, touch, touchdown win, and it was absolute madness. I got to say this. To close out week one on Sunday night, we saw another second-half comeback as the D.C. defenders scored 14 straight points to drown Ben DiNucci in the Seattle Sea Dragons 22-8. Greg Williams' defense was playing at another level at the second half and forced fumble at the goal line, just seconds left, what could have been the Sea Dragons' game-winning drive. Additionally, defenders may have had home field advantage in the entire XFL. And then you had games on Saturday. We had games on Saturday as well, where the Arlington Renegades kicked off the XFL season in a wild comeback, utilizing a 19-6 run in the second half to defeat Luis Perez and my favorite team in the XFL, the Las Vegas Vipers. And later on, the Houston Roughnecks showed they may be an early season favorite with a dominant win, 33-12 over the Orlando Guardians. The XFL did their thing this weekend. I was more entertained with the XFL than I was with the NBA. Sorry to say. Y'all can, can believe me. Y'all can, can say whatever y'all want. Y'all can say whatever y'all want. What's going on, Mo Green? What's going on? Y'all can say whatever y'all want. The XFL was more entertaining than the NBA All-Star Weekend. Hate me or not. I had more fun live streaming and doing the play-by-play and reactions on my other channel, having fun doing the XFL. It's a lot of potential. It's a lot of potential. Yeah, I saw your team get the, get the win. My Las Vegas Vipers lost. We gave up. We gave up 14 to 3 lead. They went on the 19 to 6 run. We had too many turnovers in the second half of my Las Vegas Vipers. We should bounce back. Hopefully, we get a quarterback change, but hopefully we will bounce back. But at the end of the day, the XFL is a good product. And I think everybody should take a look at it. Just because the NFL is no longer here, just because college football is not around, football is still going on. Josh Gordon didn't look too bad. Okay. I didn't, I didn't actually see the games, but I saw the highlights of the Sunday games, the late games, which I'll be doing the Thursday game, you know, this week. I'll be doing the Thursday game. It's fine. But the XFL looks really good. And the XFL is here to stay. Absolutely, Mo Green. The XFL is definitely, definitely here to stay. Now, I got to go to the next topic here. And that is the Elimination Chamber. The Elimination Chamber. And another entertaining event that was more exciting than the NBA. And that was WWE. The Elimination Chamber was definitely, definitely a great event. Knowing that I really don't talk about, I really talk bad about events when it comes to the WWE, but they definitely put something together going into the road to WrestleMania. I have to say that. I have to say that the Elimination Chamber was just as great as the XFL this weekend. The XFL and the Elimination Chamber stole the weekend. They, to me, they stole the weekend. I didn't care for the NBA as much this weekend. I didn't care for the All Star Game. But I have to, you know, give, you know, I got to give the respect 
to Triple H to, to put these matches together. And the way they turned out was really, really good. So I'm gonna just break down the results of each match until we get into the next get into the next topic because there's a whole there's a totally different t- topic. What's up with Jay Uzo? What's gonna happen? I am gonna get into that as well. I'm gonna get into that as well, Dominique Fire. I just want to get to the results of each match, and I'm gonna go into that. Oscar will def- will be in WrestleMania going up against Bianca Belair that defeated Carmella. Rodriguez, Morgan, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. I have to say, the top moments in this elimination women's match, elimination chamber women's match, it was a big pop for Nat, being that the fact that was being in being in Canada, it was a big pop for Natty. Cross played up to which she was afraid of the containment of the pod. She is in good hand and command her character. She sure did, definitely command her character. Rodriguez exploded into the match to a surprising pop of Montreal crowd where she was red hot for everyone at the top of the show. Agreed. Agreed. Cross jumped over the top Carmelo pod, wiping out the whole opposition. Rodriguez capitalizing on the falling cross to score in the elimination match. That's when Cross got eliminated. She was the first to be eliminated. Morgan delivered a sunset flip powerbomb off of Oscar to pop uh, Raquel Rodriguez, who stood in the middle of the rope, and Carmelo fell to take advantage of the spot, netting only a two count. Natalia and Oscar applied a stereo submissions on Morgan until she passed out. That's when Liv Morgan was eliminated. Carmelo and Oscar worked together in a double pin Rodriguez and eliminated the biggest threat to the victory. That's when Rodriguez got eliminated. Now, Natalia and Oscar. Was in a sharpshooter, but Carmella nails her super kick to score the pinfall, and that's when Natalia gets eliminated. Which that was my pick to win. I thought Natalia was going to win it, in my opinion. And then Oscar tapped Carmella out for the win, and Car- Carmella is eliminated, and Oscar gets the win. I'm giving this match a B. I'm giving this match a B. I'm sorry. I like. I like. I like that match. That match was almost could have been an A. With a little bit more excitement, but I'm definitely giving it a B. I'm definitely giving it a B. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I hate this match. I hated this match. This was the corniest match on the card. You would have had a perfect match, a five out of a five stars, if Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley was not on here. Sorry to say. Bobby Lashley defeated Brock Lesnar via disqualification. I'm giving this grade a D. I'm surprised. I'm giving it. Matter of fact, I might just give it a D minus. Match was trash. Was hot garbage. Oh my God, man. What's going on, BL? What's going on, brother? The top moments in this match is not many. Lesnar attacked from the opening bell, who overhead a suplex. Each competitor traded their finishes. What is expected in Lesnar's match, which is very expected. It's not about style points, the commentator Corey Gray stated. The battle of the heavyweights went on. Yeah, it was truly a heavyweight match because we definitely didn't see no excitement here. And after the match, Lesnar, Lesnar took his frustration out on the referee because of the disqualification. You kicked him in the nuts. You deserve that, Lesnar. You deserve that. That's how you lost. That's exactly how you lost. 
So we're not going to sit here and act like you just didn't kick Bobby Lashley in the nuts and the ref called it. How are you going to get pissed at the ref because you did something illegal? Now, I don't know where we go from here from what I'm hearing. Bray Wyatt is supposed to end up fighting these two, one of these two at WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm giving this a D minus. Terrible match. It should not have been on Elimination Chamber. Terrible match. Terrible match. Now let's go to the next match here, which was Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. This was one of the matches of the night, in my opinion. I said it on last week's podcast. I said it on Friday's podcast. They, they might steal the show. It, up to this point, the way that if it was going, they definitely did steal the show until the main event happened, until a few other matches happened. But this was the hottest match before the men's elimination chamber and before the WWE Universal Tag, the Universal title. So they finally settled the score. They finally settled a rivalry with Judgment Day. I don't normally watch wrestling, but tuned in last week, and now I have a crush on the hot Becky Bryce. <laughs> That's funny, B.L. I'm telling you, Elimination Chamber was an awesome event. Definitely an awesome event. Edge and Beth Phoenix defeated Baylor and Ripley, and that's what I picked. I picked Edge and Beth Phoenix to get their win. They needed their lick back. They needed their lick back. And I'm giving this, I'm giving this, see, Litcher Report gave this match a B. I'm giving it a A, a B minus like A. I'm giving it, I'm giving it more of an A than a B minus in my opinion. So the top moments of this match, Edge, like Latalia earlier in the show, gets a home country pop from the Montreal fans. Ripley and Phoenix' initial showdown felt like a big match, something expertly built by the creative team. So we might see Beth Phoenix back in the ring against Rhea Ripley. But now Rhea Ripley has to focus on Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania. I can't wait to see that. The derogatory chant towards Mysterio were relentless and proof on how his character has gotten over as a heel with the audiences. We're going to see Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. That feud is not done. So I don't think he's going to be by Rhea Ripley's side at WrestleMania. I don't know what's going to happen with Damian Priest and Finn Balor for Judgment Day. But, hey, I do like Mysterio's character. I do like Dominic Mysterio's character. Phoenix deliver a huge suplex to Ripley. Edge and Beth Phoenix deliver a dual edge caters to Ripley and Baylor in a big reaction. Ripley used brass knuckles on Edge, but Phoenix broke it up in a pinfall attempt. Then you have Beth Phoenix deliver the glam slam to Rhea Ripley on the floor, taking her out of the equation. And then the grit couple used the shatter machine to finish off Ballard and OD to friends and implement all elite Wrestling free agents, Dak Harwood and Cash Wheeler of FTR. This was a great match. This was a great mixed tag team match. It really was. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I, I love this match. I'm giving it an A. Not a B minus. I'm giving it an A. Now let's go to the, the, the one of the great one of the one of the matches that that actually put up that actually followed up this match. And that was the men's elimination chamber match. They actually followed that up. And I, and I loved it. I loved it. 
So you had Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Montez Ford, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, and Brunston Reed in this match. And Austin Theory retains his U.S. title. I thought this was for WrestleMania, but this was for the U.S. title. Making the U.S. title a little bit relevant, you know? Making it a little bit relevant. And some of the top moments in this match, I have to say. Reed powered up Rollins and Gargano for a halfway slam of the Samoan drop combo. Montez for a springboard into a drop kick on Gargano and took Reed over the persona of a scary spot. Montez Ford dangling from the ceiling of the structure before dropping into a dive that wiped out all the opponents. That was amazing. That was amazing. Gargano delivered a final beat and Rollins added a stomp and Ford delivered a frost blast to send Reed packing. Brunson Reed was the first one eliminated. Gargano delivered a Hurricane Rada to Rollins off the pod onto Theory and Priest and Ford below. Damian Priest delivered the Rager's Edge to Gargano to eliminate him. That's when Gargano was eliminated. Had a great match, though. Montez Ford put Damian Priest into a blockbuster. Damian Priest was eliminated. Montez Ford tried to frost blast, but Theory got his knees up. Seth Rollins delivered a curse thump, and Theory pins him to dismay the audience. Montez Ford was eliminated. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated the fact that he was eliminated. I wanted Montez Ford to win. I did pick Seth Rollins, though. I did pick Seth Rollins. But I had to pick it. I had to pick it. And I thought Seth Rollins would want to be the U.S. champion again. But Montez Ford had an amazing night at the Elimination Chamber. Amazing night. And an injury angle led to the chamber, the door being left open, so Paul could, could get in the ring, lay Rollins out, and set up the finish. I hated the finish of this match. Even though I gave this an A+, I hated the finish of the match. I think Austin Theory did not need Paul to come out there and attack Seth Rollins. But it's been a lot of buildup for that between Seth Rollins and Paul. There's been a lot of buildup for that. So. Having that happen, we're going to see Paul, we're going to see Seth Rollins at, at WrestleMania. That's going to be one of the matches at WrestleMania. A lot of these matches in Elimination Chamber has set up for WrestleMania. They sure did. Absolutely. And last but not least, a great main event. A great main event where you have the undisputed champion in Roman Reigns that had the belt for 902 days against the hometown hero in Sami Zayn. The hometown hero in Sami Zayn. What a feud this was. What a storyline this was. In getting to it, Roman Reigns did defeat Sami Zayn, which we didn't want that to happen in his hometown, but we knew that was going to happen. Because we all know the outcome at WrestleMania. We all know that Roman Reigns is going to drop the title to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. It's given. Roman Reigns had the belt for two years. Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE, wins the Royal Rumble, and now he has the title match at WrestleMania. The Cody Rhodes era is definitely about to happen. 
So I'm giving this match an A plus because it was a lot of top moments in this match. A lot of top moments. The emotion accompanied with Sami Zayn entrance and the palpable in aid even more by the presence of his wife at ringside for the monstrous contest. Now, Roman Reigns started Sami Zayn telling his wife, I just wanted us to work together. Now, Sami Zayn rocked Roman Reigns with a Superman punch of his own and then followed into a Halula kick, one of the closest near falls that you will see. Roman Reigns' last second kick out set the GOAT territory after this one. Now, Jay Uso did appear and refused to use the steel chair on Sami Zayn, but he ate the errant kick for his troubles. Now, the fans are silent after the match reflected their expectations as Roman Reigns' victory, but it's still telling just how much they wanted their hero to emerge for the title. Kevin Owens stepped aside, allowing Sami Zayn to deliver the last strike to, to Roman Reigns. KO did not stick around, though, and conveying the idea of a unrepaired issues between the two. Now, I can see this being a tag team between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania versus the Usos. But I have a little bit of a problem here when it comes to that. I have a little bit of a problem here. What is going on with Jay Uso? What is going on with Jay Uso? Because now Jay Uso is in a situation where he's part of the bloodline. He's a tag team champion with his brother. And he really rocks for Sami Zayn. He thinks Sami Zayn's a good dude. He's just not taking the bullshit from Roman Reigns anymore. So I don't know what Jay Uso is going to do now. Because if you have to defend those titles at WrestleMania, what are you going to do, Jay Uso? What are you going to do? What side are you going to pick? Well, we do have some unrepaired issues between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as well. Because Kevin Owens in the last pay-per-view, the last event, Sami Zayn was part of the bloodline. But at the same time, Sami Zayn stepped in for Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens was tied down to the ropes. And Roman Reigns wanted Sami Zayn to hit him with the chair. So he came to Kevin Owens' aid. But Kevin Owens came to Sami Zayn aid as well. So what's going what what type of repairing we going to need for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to get together and be a tag team? I think they, I, you could, I mean, we could see him with tag team gold. We could definitely see him with tag team gold, just in my opinion. Just in my opinion, man. So Elimination Chamber overall, I'm giving it a 4.5 out of a five stars. Four and a half stars out of five because of the Bobby Lashley match. The Bobby Lashley match was trash. Hot fucking garbage. They shouldn't even put that on the card. We have four out of the five matches be great. And you put Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar on there. Where Brock Lesnar really can't wrestle. He can't. He's garbage. Please, man, stop it. Stop it. Can't stand it, man. I, I, I can't stand it. So, I know this is a totally different topic, and I know it still has to relate to sports. But I told myself it was time for me to talk about it because um, I watched this show over the weekend. 
um, as I watched the XFL, as I watched the Elimination Chamber, and as I watched another show that I had to keep up on that I stopped watching. And that was All-American. If you have not watched All-American, make sure you do. Go to Netflix and keep up. Or go watch, go to the CW and keep up because they are on season five of All-American. And I finally caught up to episode 11. Where it was one of the saddest days if you are an All-American fan when you watch the show. Because I did not know that Tay Diggs, a.k.a. Billy Baker, the coach of Crenshaw High School, in the show All-American, will be leaving the show. Now, I did not know that at that point until my mother came out and told me as I was watching All-American on Sunday. And I'm like, something's about to happen in this episode. A lot of things was going on in this episode with Spencer and Olivia. They was not together anymore. And, you know, Spencer had a new person that he was talking to. Then you had Jordan and the other, I forgot the other girl's name. I keep forgetting her goddamn name. But Jordan and the other girl, they hide in their relationship from everybody else. Billy Baker is leaving Crenshaw High to take a college job at, uh, I think it's UVA or UGA or something like that on the West Coast. Then you have Preach which was a former game banger that turned his life around for his daughter, Amina. And the grandmother is trying to take the daughter away from Amina. It was so much going on in All-American. It was so much going on. But the saddest part happened. The saddest part happened. And I, I, I basically cried. I'm not going to sit there and lie. I basically cried when I saw what happened to Billy Baker in this episode. And I, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't put my mind around it on why until, until my mother made me think that, okay, he's leaving the show. So how are he's going to leave the show is the question. So when it comes down to Spencer James, Spencer James is not talking to Billy Baker because Spencer feels like he, that Billy owes it to them to tell that he's leaving Crenshaw High for a college job. And Spencer James told him that they have, the, the kids have a right to know because Billy Baker is like a father figure to those kids at Crenshaw High. He was like a father figure to them. So they had this um, combine where college coaches comes out and Spencer James helps out Billy Baker. Jordan comes out and helps the squad. And then we get to um, the other guy. I forgot the other guy's name. The white guy. I think his name is JJ. No, not JJ. It's the other guy. I forgot his name. Damn, I forgot his name. But he found out before he goes to the combine that his girlfriend is pregnant. And they look at they they look they look at everybody. They look at everybody. So Billy Baker has a tough decision to make. Do he want to coach football? I mean, do he want to coach the college team or do he want to stay at Crenshaw? He's been getting a lot of flip, flip-flop back and forth. A lot of flip-flop, what he wants to do. And what he does to do, he decides to stay at Crenshaw High. He tells his players after the combine was over, 
to go to Chris Shaw High. So after that happens, he calls Spencer James and let him know that he was right. He let him know that he was his favorite All-American. He let him know that he was one of the best players that he ever coached. And the reason why he took the coaching job was before, because of Spencer James. And while they on the bus, on the way back home, um, the guy that, that, that coached for Coastal Week, I forgot, for Coastal, uh, for Coastal, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, but he was asking all these dad questions to Billy Baker. And actually, he did all these questions. An accident happened. The tire blew out on the bus. The tire blew out on the bus. And it flipped. Billy Baker was fine at the point. Jordan and Spencer's mom was able to get there. All the players was cool until Billy Baker saw that Jabari, one of his favorite players at Crenshaw High, was not there. We saw that bus tilt after it, after it, it moved. And Billy had to go in there because I think Jabari was stuck on that bus. And to come home and see Jordan and see Spencer's mom walk into the home and say that Billy Baker is gone because he tried to save a life and the bus must have fell. It was one of the saddest moments in All-American. One of the saddest moments in All-American. And I knew why they did it that way. They killed him off because Tate Diggs was no longer going to be on All-American. And what's crazy about it? They have a sixth season that was renewed on the CW. And for the way the Billy Baker died and see Olivia break down, see Billy Baker's wife break down, see everybody start crying. I cried. Because Billy Baker was one of those most influential people that you could watch on the show. That you could definitely watch on the show. And just to let you know, episode 12 comes on tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the CW, which I will be watching. Which I'll definitely be watching. It was, it was a very sad moment if you was an All-American fan. I love the show. I, I love the show. I love the way they did it. And I did some research on how this came about. Basically, what they wanted to do was this. They wanted to actually make Billy Baker a teacher in a college to get him off the show. But they still felt, though, he was going to be connected to his kids and his wife and Spencer and everybody else. So that's not really a best way to come off the show. It's not really a best way to do that. But the best way to do it is this. Kill him off the show. Try to be a hero. And that's what he did. He tried to be a hero. Because Jabari was going to college. He had a full ride at Coastal. And Billy Baker makes sure that he was going to go to Coastal and play ball. And if it wasn't for Billy Baker, I don't think he would have had a scholarship. I don't think he would. Because he know how to take kids off the streets and make their life different and change their lives around. 
And as I saw episode 12's preview, as I see it, his wife says, he's done sharing the world with, she done sharing her husband with the world. She wants the funeral to be close friends and family only. So I cannot wait for tonight's show for All America. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Because it's going to be an emotional episode 12. It's going to be emotional. Billy, ba it's not going to be the same with him on there. It's just not. It's not going to be the same with him on there. So it's going to be very interesting to watch, man. Very interesting to watch. I can't wait. So make sure you tune into the CW at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for All-American Season 5, Episode 12. Let's see how that turns out. But before we get into anything, man, I just want to let y'all know we still have a special guest coming on at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. A very close friend of mine that was really dope to me that I reached out to last week to come on the show. Um, his name is Touchdown Doug with Doug Smith. It is going to be very interesting to watch, so make sure y'all stick around for that at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But until then, if you like sporting events, if you like live concerts, if you like comedy shows, if you like live events in general, make sure y'all go to SeatGeek.com and at checkout, use the promo code SRT to get your first $20 off on your first purchase at SeatGeek. Use promo code SRT, ladies and gentlemen. And to anybody that are watching live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on the Darian Hopkins Show's page, make sure you follow, make sure you like, make sure you comment, and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Darian Hopkins Show, to Twitter and Instagram at the D Hopkins Show. And it's your first time ever being here. We highly suggest that y'all subscribe and hit the bell button. If you're listening on the audio podcast, Make sure you leave us a review on there as well at Apple Podcasts at the Darian Hopkins Show. Leave us a review on Spotify at the Darian Hopkins Show. We highly and greatly appreciate it. Highly and greatly appreciate it. It is going to be a fun, it's going to be a, this is a fun episode, man. This was a real fun episode because everything I talked about is how I felt. Everything I talked about is how I felt when it came to All-American Episode 11 to the Elimination Chamber, Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers, NBA All-Star Weekend. We all know Matt McClung was the best thing that happened to the All-Star Weekend. It was a really fun show, man, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to do my last segment of this show when Mr. Doug Smith comes in and talks about his podcasting. We could talk a little bit about sports. We could talk a little bit about everything that we have going on here. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. So give me a couple minutes and I'll be right back, man. It is the Darian Hopkins show. And we'll see y'all in a couple minutes. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss what is about to happen here. When Mr. Doug Smith comes into the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. I am back with a little quick break here. And I really appreciate all of you coming in here for the Darian Hopkins Show, Episode 9. Without further ado, my guest is definitely in the building, ladies and gentlemen. 
And he's a great guy. He knows what he's talking about. He knows NFL. He knows his sports. He has a lot of great interviews on this channel, man. A lot of great interviews with a lot of prospects and a lot of players. So with that being said, y'all, and we have Mr. Doug Smith of Touchdown hey. What's going on? What's going on, man? Thank you so much, man. Thank you for kind words, man. Happy to be here today, man. Thank you for being on here, man. How How's your day going, sir? Oh, man. The Lord gave me another day to breathe, man. Uh, it's little things. It's wiggling your toes, man. It's taking a bite of ice cream. It's all the good things, man. So blessed to be here today, man. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey in sports podcasting, because, you know, we talked a little bit over the phone last night. Yeah, I know yeah. you was out with your family. We were supposed to pre-record this last night, but Appreciate hey, it, you, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. We we made it happen. And, you know, we, yeah. we finally got you on the show. So, you know, tell, yeah, tell people, you know, your journey to getting, you know, getting where you at today, with, you know, with your channel. Absolutely, man. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show, man. It's such a privilege, man. You've been doing this, balling out for a long time, man. So to be uh, in front of you, man, is a huge blessing. Uh, I started off, man, I, to talk about my journey. I'm an ex-college football player. I played for uh, uh, not a very good school, but it was New Mexico Highlands University. I was a tight end over there uh, for the uh, 2008 season. I was on the practice squad, redshirted, then made the practice squad uh, partway through the season. And um, I'll be honest with you, man, I kind of gave up on my dreams really early, man. I, I was dealing with all kinds of stuff, man. And uh, I even tried a professional football comeback back in uh, 20, I think it was 2013. Lost like 40 pounds, man, solid muscle, man. I was a good 245 and I was on trial for the uh, Arena Football League, the uh, Orlando Predators. And uh, for whatever reason, that didn't quite pan out. And, you know, just throughout the years, man, people tell me, man, you got a voice for radio. You got a voice for radio, man. And, and finally, uh, to fast forward and it's a really long story man fast forward man i ended up starting to touchdown with doug smith it's a it's a youtube podcast and i took it i started that uh in march of 2020 uh right in the heat of the epidemic man <laughs> when covid was happening so started that and um it's crazy man at first i'm, like, I'm gonna do nfl i'm gonna do cfl i'm gonna i'm gonna do all the leagues man and i'm gonna do highlights and uh you know i mean you, you know i mean as a content creator eventually you start to find your niche because Everybody see ESPN, right? But I'm like, what yeah. can I do that's different? That provides a service to the people of the internet, right? And uh, it, it's crazy, man. I started off, I interviewed two CFL players, uh, Randy Richards and Chris Ackie. They're actually still in the CFL. They're like CFL legends. Mm. Uh, then I had my first NFL interview, which was with Rod Smith. Uh, he played in the league for seven years, one of the original Carolina Panthers. So we're talking about Sam Mills. I he won a championship mm -hmm. with uh, Jerome Bettis at Notre Dame. I mean, he has this amazing story. So I'm like, wow. I thought you were talking about the Rod Smith from the Denver Broncos. That's why I thought you was talking about the receiver. <laughs> oh, no. You know what's crazy? There's been like three or four Rod Smiths in the NFL. Like, right. There was it has. One of the Cowboys a long time ago. And, um, but yeah, no, this, uh, so I started there. And then eventually I got an interview with the legendary LaVon Kirkland. Uh, for people who grew up in the 90s or around in the early 2000s, LaVon Kirkland was. Um, amazing. I mean, the guy's a 300 pound linebacker. He's in the college football hall of fame. So that was like my first really big interview. And I had him on for probably like an hour and a half to two hours. And, uh, we had this great, 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 great interview, man. And that's when I realized like, man, 
I'm going to start doing interviews. So I do interviews throughout the year, but January through April, I ru- I've been running a series. This is the third year in a row I've been doing this. Um, it's my NFL draft prospect series where we've had uh, between veterans and draft prospects, uh, I think a little over 50 and some notable names, uh, Nicobe Dean we've had on. Hassan Haskins is back up to Derrick Henry. Uh, Danny Gray went to SMU. He's on the 49ers. Brian Asamoah um, and uh, and Rondale Moore, uh, Marlon Tui Peloto on the Eagles. And then this year has been great, man. I mean, tomorrow, later this week, we have um, what's his name? Uh, Scott Tyler Scott. He's like the number two or number three best slot receiver in the whole NFL draft. He's gonna be coming on the show. We had Eric Gray came on last week from Oklahoma. Um, and we, we had the running back starting running back from a TCU, um, uh, Ken, Kendra Miller. So it's just a lot of names, man. It's uh, really growing this thing, man, making connections. And, uh, I know it's kind of a long answer, man, but, uh, yeah, man, that, that's, that's how I got into podcasting, man. And, uh, yeah, absolutely love it, man. That's pretty dope, man. You know, I, I was looking like, I'm like, how is this guy getting all these players on here? And it, it's so many players that I reached out to been thousands and thousands of dms the man his basketball players nfl players it, i i i got i got one interview <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was um the guy that was on my that was on my uh raiders podcast his name was madre harper dope, i was able dope. to get him on and talk about him getting it you know get being an undrafted free agent for the Las Vegas because he didn't get drafted but yeah. he's still in the league i think he's still with the new york giants if i'm not mistaken now but Mm-hmm. Me and him had a connection, and you know we always would have had that rapport. But I had I've been so hard trying to get players on and do interviews and talk about the draft and stuff of that nature, and it's been so hard to do. So, yeah. what is your strategy? I mean, I don't know. You don't got to tell me all your secrets. Yeah, you don't got to tell me every secret in the world. But what is your strategy to get yeah. you know get players on? You know. Man, definitely relationship building is important. It's crazy because what I do outside of work, I do legal sales and I work with attorneys all day and it's relationship building. Like, and, uh, you know, when, when, when I started out, I, my strategy initially was I will start with the CFL guys who were in the league for like a year or two and then boom. And then, uh, show that to, to other people who you're trying to interview. And I'll be honest with you, man, it, it started off boom, boom, boom. And then, um, eventually i got real close with with a, with a player and he's like yeah man i know a few guys would love to come on your platform and it, it, it was just that one thing that led and spread like wildfire and you know what i mean so uh starting starting there is, is is super important you know what i mean and, and just just taking a networking and and integrity means a lot you know because we see uh a lot of predatory journalism out there you know what i mean someone will come on a podcast and I call it as DJ Vlad. You know what I mean? Hey, he did solve Tupac's murder, but <laughs> he asked a lot of really crazy. <laughs> he, he asked a lot of really crazy questions that gets people kind of in trouble. So I tell people like, hey, I'm not DJ Vlad, man. You know, I'm I'm touchdown with Doug Smith. And, um, you know, your your story matters. And I want to be my goal is to be like the Vlad. But, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's not going to get people in trouble, but to share this story with the world, you know? And I, I heard, I heard back from uh, one person is like, dude, an NFL team actually watched my interview with you. Fam. I got teary eyed, bro. I got, I got teary eyed, man. I was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was cool, man. But yeah, it, it's a lot, man. I mean, dude, there's times where I'll sit there for two and a half hours, just writing people, man. And I go on LinkedIn. 
I go on Indeed. I go on Instagram. I go on Facebook. If I see someone got a parent, then let me reach out to the parent. You know what I mean? Uh, we had Connor Jones. Uh, he's he should be he should be the starting uh, guard or tackle for University of Michigan Wolverines. And uh, mm. one of my co-hosts knows his dad personally. So also it's just you know kind of networking within the community too. So that that helped me out a lot as well, man. So that would be interesting because now knowing that I'm thinking about the networking part. Maybe I need to use a little bit more of my resources. But before I finish, shout out to my auntie, Amani said we definitely need to link up. Love you, auntie. I know you watch it from Facebook. I appreciate it. <laughs> Love you, auntie. But um, I might need to use my little bit of my resources as well because um, I don't know if you saw on my channel that I um, interviewed a Philadelphia basketball legend. I don't know if you remember Bo Kimball in college basketball back in the day for Lower Maryland. Yeah. Um, cool. him and Hank Gathers was best of friends and the whole story about Hank Gathers, him collapsing on the court and everything of that nature, losing his life. Um, at a young age, but, uh, my, you know, my family was, he was a first round pick for, you know, the Clippers and, you know, now he's coaching, um, high school basketball. He's the head coach for Overbrook high school in Philadelphia. And he brought his nephew as an assistant coach. I had them on the show, um, as an in-person interview to talk about, you know, Overbrook High School, to put a little bit of limelight on Philadelphia basketball, especially for the public league, because a lot of yeah. limelight does not go on. We, Philadelphia is known for other things outside of sports. Besides the Philadelphia Eagles or the four major sports, we're, uh, we're known for more negative things than positive things. So just to show some limelight to, you know, give the coach and give my family, you know, a a um a positive feedback to let them know, like, yeah, the, People give back to the community in Philadelphia. Like Hank yeah. Gathers got a gym that's named right after him. So I know yeah. Bo probably have some connections and maybe I have to use them a little bit more. I just didn't, I just the type of person that I would have tried to do it on my own instead of, yeah. you know, try to ride the coattail. I didn't want to be like, oh, that Bo Kim was my family, da da da. And I did not yeah. want to use it as, oh, I'm using him for these net for these. For 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 these names, and, and the but, thing that helps too is is being transparent. Like, hey, I want to be honest with me. Like, hey, I want to do this as a career one day, man. Do you know of any other players I could possibly reach out to who would be open? Um, I know one guy. Uh, I haven't had him on the show, but uh, I've collabed with him. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Jay the Plug, and he's mm-hmm. he got so close with Darren Waller from the Raiders, and Raiders fan. So he's so close with him, like they hang out like at his mansion, like. Dude, like, makes custom oh, shoes for him. So, so, yeah, I mean, like, I know that I know, I don't know Darren Waller personally, but I know, I know, uh, Jay the Plug, you know, he's a guy, uh, big thing near seven foot tall white dude out in uh, Atlanta. He does like custom shoes and he, he's like mm-hmm. one of the owners or something like that of like some luxury car dealership. So he runs, he meets people face to face, um, and, and stuff like that too, man. And then also going to events, like, I went to an XFL, uh, XFL event, um, two weekends ago. You know what I mean? So I'm out mm. there networking, shaking hands, man. So uh, really putting yourself out there, too. You know, I literally uh, just had Anthony Montalvo right before I came on the show, uh, NFL draft prospect from UCF. And we're talking about possibly getting uh, one of his guys from the team. So just talking with him like, hey, man, look, let's what can I do to use my platform? Because now I, I, eyes are on me. And, yeah, I only got, you know, 1700 subscribers. But, you know, it's it's building. You know what I mean? And uh, and when people see that sincerity and the authenticity, man, it goes uh, really, really, really takes and goes a long way for sure, man. And that's what I think both of us have in common that we we definitely authentic in our channels. Yeah. Even though our channels are a little bit different than what they are, but we all still have that same common goal. 
Yeah. You know, try to, you know, make it big and make a career in podcasting, which is not easy to do because since the pandemic, everybody's a podcaster at this point. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of people a came and went. <laughs> a lot of people came and went. They're like, oh, man, I'm about to make a career out of it. And then where oh. they at, man, is look, man, it's February 20th, 2023. Where they at? You know what I mean? Some, right. And it's like I tell what podcasters, man, like. You got really dope content, but like some people, I ask them, "Would you watch your show if you wasn't you?" That, that that's one that's of the a good question. You know, would you watch? And I'll be honest with you, some of my stuff I wouldn't watch because I kind of annoy my own self. That, that's just me talking <laughs> about me. I'm just being real. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm I, like, I can say that about myself too. I'd be like, did I really just make that take just now? Because yeah. you know, you see my reels, you see my takes that I saw on Instagram, and you see yeah. the the lick back that I'm getting about certain things about the Super Bowl with the James Bradbury thing and the whole Eric B enemy thing is going viral now. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. I, I could have put those on YouTube as well, but I wanted yeah. to have my own music and everything. I know YouTube, I know how to work the algorithm for IG than I do for YouTube shorts. So I mean, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't want to hear myself either sometimes. Yeah, man. Nah, dude, it's, I'm, I, I'd be like, Ooh. like my early work was trash. But then eventually it's like, hey, let me get a better webcam. Let me stop mm-hmm. using a camcorder. I actually had an actual camcorder on the tripod. You know what I mean? Ooh. And I actually, right next to me is my original mic, man. I had this terrible spider of a mic. Um, you know what? I think quality. everybody started with those kind of mics, though. Yeah, so now we got... Because it comes with, come with the boom arm and everything. I bet you you probably got that your first mic off of Amazon, didn't you? That uh, yeah, yeah, it's from China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we started there, and uh, and then I was using a blue curtain and the neon light that I have in the background now changes colors. Man, that's uh, my, my, my mom sent me a $50 gift card to Amazon. I'm like, oh, boom, $48 went to there, you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, and then all my editing I do on iMovie, I know it's cheesy, but I, I download, I use StreamYard like yourself, mm-hmm. I download that uh, via my iPad. And then I pay uh, $12.99 a month for Canva. That's how I do all my, my own Yeah, thumbnails. I use Canva for my thumbnails as well. Yeah, man. So I'll be on there. And then uh, Network on Facebook. I joined Fa- – I'll keep it real. I'm a part of every Raiders group. I'm not even a Raiders fan. But I'm like, hey, they're Raiders. They Why? You won't believe. Well, well, I do it so I could pose as a fan so I could get views on my channel. So, therefore, I build my community. Uh, one thing I can say about the Raiders fans, they definitely going to watch something if it's Raiders related. But oh, bro, at the same Raiders time, fans be holding me down more than Dolphin fans, bro. I got to say, but I do that because, again, I want to build a community, man. You know, so like my draft yeah. stuff, it don't matter what team that you like. Like, wow, man, this this cat just has such and such on. Like even this week, we got Bray, uh Was it Braylon uh, Willis? From he's like the number three ranked tight end in this year's draft. Man, he's coming off mm-hmm. from Oakland. Uh, that that's going down sometime Tuesday, Wednesday this week, you know. So, I, and I'm I'm working on Quentin Johnson right now from TC. I'll keep it real. So just just work, man. And then one, I'm not on air. I'm not going to do that. But off air, I'm gonna plug you with some people for sure that you could. I got. Oh you. yeah, absolutely. Because you know we don't want nobody, you know, trying to steal the the yeah, juice man. here. Nobody want to steal the juice from Touchdown sauce, Doug, man. man. <laughs> so what made you come up with the name Touchdown Doug? I understand that you was a football channel. You wanted to cover it, so. Yeah. Did you was it was it a network at one point or it was just you? Like, did you have a team in place? Because you know, you remember me from being a part of the Spotlight Sports Network. I was the founder yeah. and everything of that nature, which is no longer that, which is now the Darius Hopkins show. 
just me as of right yeah. now. So how how did it start out with you to get the touchdown, Doug? Was it a team? Was it a network? Anything of that nature? Yeah, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, so I started out um, – I mentioned briefly last night, I had a hip hop show. It was called War and Peace 210. It's, it's dope, man. We were getting some deep content. I mean, you know, racially, America was, it was crazy. Streets on fire, man. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy shootings, uh, being on camera. I mean, we would get, but it was the start of the hip hop show. But then one episode, we talked about Bigfoot. We were like a hip hop version of Joe Rogan, pretty much, with poor quality. <laughs> so and uh and shout out to those guys man but yeah we bumped heads man you know creatively and i know for me um i'm a nice guy but i'm like when people work underneath me i'm like hey i need stuff done a certain way i don't ever attack people's person people personally but stuff gotta be done a certain way and the quality was not there so um i quit the show and when i quit the show that nobody knew what to do anymore because i did everything so it was yep it was that and now I look back and I'm like, me and those guys were so freaking cool now, you know, well, generally speaking. But, you know, when, when I started the show, I was like, man, what will I call this podcast? Uh, and then I heard I was watching NBA highlights and they're like, yeah, man, the, the layup. And the, well, I don't watch basketball, but said so the layup, uh, the catch. No, 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 no. Uh, the reception. No, 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 no. The sack. No, 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 no. The touchdown. Oh, that's too bland. Add some to it. Oh, I'm a solo act. The touchdown with Doug Smith. Now, shout out to um, I do have co-hosts that do come on periodically. Um, shout out to my guys, Adrian Soup Campbell. Shout out to my guys, Mike Williams, then also Isaac Davison, man. Uh, they, they come on from time to time. But yeah, 99% of the show is me, man. So that's how uh, I, I came up with it. That's crazy because I came up with the name Spotlight Sports Network. Even though that's crazy, I still have like a, a mouse thing that has Spotlight Sports Network on it. That's dope. Um, I made I made mine officially um an LLC, uh, which I will do Darian Hopkins show as an LLC as well. Make that make that a business because you know yeah. doing podcasting is just not sitting in front of a camera and just going live like I do. Even even in post-production after a live stream, you still have to download it, you still have to edit it, you want to make short for it, and stuff of that nature. So in my in, in my thing, you know, it was a Spotlight Sports Network. Um, I was doing all the work basically when it came. People couldn't do thumbnails. People couldn't do editing. I did editing for like they'll send me the video. I would edit a video, post it up there, do all the description, title, tags, whatever you know, you got to do for YouTube. So I know how it feels to be doing things on your own because that's exactly what's happening with me right now. I don't have no co-host for the Darian Hopkins show, but it's just me and. Yeah. I want don't get me wrong, I wanted a co-host, but I'm like, let me see if I could do this on my own before even trying to have a co-host, you know? Yeah. And that's what I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this on my own and try to do all the editing as I can, even though I have a co-host from my Raiders channel with uh nothing but Raiders podcast. I think we're on number eight of that podcast for nothing but Raiders, uh, which we have every Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's a really dope uh podcast you definitely could check that out we talk all raiders on there yeah. um but yeah I, I understand how it feels you know doing all the editing um i have a mac and i have a pc so i can edit on iMovie or i can edit it on on uh mobile and i got premiere pro i'm still learning how to use premiere pro well that's a fancy um, fancy stuff man yeah I'm, I'm i'm learning i'm going on youtube and learning how to use premiere pro because i want to use learn how to use 
multi-camera when I'm in um, a studio because I do play a monthly thing for a podcast studio outside of me being home. If I want an in-person studio, instead of coming to my home, they can actually come to Rec Philly. That's what it's called. It's Rec Philly. Actually, I think they about to make, I think they about to have a new venue in Miami, Florida. Uh I think they are. So Rec Philly is really like, it's it's called Place for Creators, basically. And Uh They have like so many different types of rooms from music to photography to podcasting rooms. It's pretty dope. Any room, any yeah. music room could be a podcast room. And yeah. that's why in, in my premiere shows in the beginning of the Darian Hopkins show, you see me in a different room live from Rec Philly. So yeah. one of them was like a music studio, but you couldn't tell. One was the actual podcast studio. And one oh. was just like a regular um, a regular room that had a lot of nostalgia in the back with like Kendrick Lamar records and hip hop records in the back, still talking sports, but cool. I had that nostalgia in the back. That was pretty, pretty cool. Cause it was the actual records. It wasn't like the CD. It was the actual like turntable records back there. So yeah. um, I just learned a little bit from each thing when it came to, you know, learning how to, you know, network and stuff like that. Now I could network with other podcasters down there, yeah. even though they're not, Sports podcasters, but I connect connect with people in the podcast industry and in, in, as well. Yeah. And what I'll makes say it good? Um, I said, my bad, get, oh, my bad, my bad. I was saying like it's helped for me to get jobs too. Like this is on my resume. And, okay. and I don't care if it's one NFL player you've interviewed or whatever. You could say that and people, and they start thinking about their brand. Oh my gosh, right. the quality. Oh, he got he got he got a mic. Oh, he got the rated. Oh my goodness, man. Darian. <laughs> and bro, like there's there's been jobs. I had to turn one of the positions down because um long story short, it was I, I would have been pretty much non-existent for my in my wife and kids' life and all the all the stuff that we built here at home is it would have been gone. But it was like ninety thousand a year, man. And I ended up turning down, you know, mm-hmm. again, it just wasn't good. But the other opportunities that you know. Yeah, man. Not to talk money, man, but like I put it out there, man, and it's on my resume along with the other jobs I've had because it does provide some income, not much, but you put it out there, man. It's like there's so many different blessings that could come with podcasts. I mean, it's just what do you want out of it? You know what I mean? And I and I tell podcasters too, like, like what do you want out of this? Like, what you have a goal in mind? You know what I mean? Like some people, are like, oh, this is fun. I'm a good old time. Like, no, what do you <laughs> want? You know what I mean? Like. Some guys they just try to copy SPN and they're not their self, you know, like right, you know, nose all in the camera, like this Justin, Eric Ben. And it's like you're trying to post it real quick while you're on your lunch break so your boss don't catch you. <laughs> and but yeah, you got this, you got the two thousand views. You not talking about you, but like other people, you got the two thousand views you wanted. It's like, man, you really gotta put in work, man, and take the time, man. Like quality over quantity all day, you know. Absolutely, I mean? you know, I, Absolutely. I've had that's uh, and, and keep a healthy group of podcasters around you, like a dope community. I, I'm, I'll tap you with some people afterwards, man. But uh, I'm around only like genuine people, man, because uh, yeah, I don't want podcast friends. I want real friends. You know what I mean? Like it's right because uh, I had a cat call me a couple weeks, and this dude has like nine thousand subscribers. He's one of the biggest. Uh, I'll just stop there. I was not to gossip, but this cat called me out of the blue, and he wanted to take my channel. And uh, I was like, hey, with all due respect, I, I'm. Humble that you want me to be part of your network, but you know what I'm building right now, though it's going a little slower. It's all good, man. I appreciate it. But if you want to collab, and he cut me off and he started telling me how whack my show was, I'm like, 
So th- th- there's just a lot of like ugly people on the internet, man. So it's just it is. It and is. I say that you know, we're talking about uh, networking. Network it with the right people. Know when to cut it off. You know what I mean? Because right. so, yeah. even though you have so many subscribers, and to me, I to me, I'm a type of person where I don't care if you have 90 or 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, I'm still gonna feel like my show is better than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just that's just the confidence in me that I can get yeah. to that. And my as of right now, as me as like 1400 over 1400 subscribers, even though I'm a small channel, I still think even though you have a 90,000 subscribe channel, my show is better than yours. Yeah, and I'm just we just keep working, keep working at it because we have a lot of ignorant people in the community as well. Yeah, a lot of ignorant people because people want to. People want to jump on the first thing they see when it comes to opportunity. Every opportunity is not a good opportunity. Yeah. And that's a lot of people have to realize where, and just to, just to throw a little bit of, of my side of things when it comes to the business of podcasting, as an owner, I was protecting my brand. I was yeah. protecting the Spotlight Sports Network. And even though I was working with another network, which we're, we're named Nameless, I was working with another network and even though we were trying to do like a little mer- a two week trial merger they wanted to sign a contract for a television deal that we had to pay them to be on television where they're supposed to be paying us to be on television. Oh hell no. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. stuff like that that I did not agree to and it got really big and really got ugly, ugly it sounds like it got really ugly because I'm, I wasn't signing something that I didn't see no analytics. I didn't see no, no, no turnover ratio. I didn't see no, not turnover ratio, but I didn't see nothing. See other people be successful off this platform. Yeah. Understand that they play it on Roku. They play it on Apple TV. They play it on um, other, other channels, but I have not seen no end result of it. So yeah. I'm not signing a contract where y'all put me and y'all put me in a, a situation and my team in a situation that we got to pay a monthly fee just to be on TV. No, not doing That's it. crazy. That's crazy talk, man. Yeah, no, there's so that man, you had it better than me, bro. This guy, he wanted a handshake deal. And he live in the Northeast, man. He, he stay in the uh, DMV area for again. Well, mm. Okay, I know I know the DMV area. Yeah, I've been down there a few times. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, man, you know, just I'm like, so there's no paperwork. Nope, just a handshake deal, brother. Hey, when people call me brother, I, like, I, I hate the word. It's just when you don't mean it and you got bad intentions. I'm like, anyway, that's besides the point. But yeah, I was just like a handshake deal. And there was another time he he there's a hip hop artist he helps manage and talk more offline of this but he was like yeah man you know you can do uh marketing for us man and we'll cut you in 20 percent. so when you do the math you, you book a ten thousand dollar show for him uh i'm like all right where's the paperwork no paperwork man just just a handshake deal i'm like a lot of handshake deals man you know i'm like hey where the lawyer man where <laughs> that's right so, yeah there, there's there's just a lot of uh and and then a lot of people who have co-hosts i would in my opinion nine out of ten of them they break up. Yeah. They break up the creative differences. One person can't keep up no more. Or um, We have four. You know what I mean? Uh, e- even me and my crew, we bumped heads before, but we're cool. Like, it's like we always work through it. That's, man, again, shout out to my boys, man. But, uh, but my old show, man, it almost came to blows. And we used to film in person. And I'm like, 
dang man like so now i'm at a point where i'm just like hey it's i'm i'm you know solo dolo you know <laughs> always down to collab though for sure but yeah Absolutely, man. But I want to get into a little bit of sports real quick because, you know, we, we talked about the business side and everything about sports podcasting. But yeah. how did you feel about the XFL this weekend? I know you probably didn't watch much of it. So I know you was with family, but I know you probably came around to some highlights like that. I watched some highlights. About the and I, and I like what I saw when it comes to it. Yeah, I like what I saw. I like the camera angles, man. And most of all, I got to say this. I love that this is financially sustainable. Financial sustainable and, and meaning that the players, if you're on the practice squad, you make 45 a year, 45K. If you're on, mind you, the season's only two and a half months long. So 10 straight games, no, no, uh, uh, no bye week, you know. And if you win, everyone on the team gets a thousand dollars. Starters, all the starters are going to take and make uh, uh, one thousand, excuse me, all the starters are going to make fifty thousand dollars. And then in the playoffs, I think you get six thousand dollars each person per per victory it's crazy man so like uh and then each team releases all their players at the end of the season but they'll bring them back if they're not signed by an nfl team or a better opportunity elsewhere so i was like that's interesting i i didn't know that at all i didn't know that i know a lot of them came from the nfl and some of them was on practice squads and stuff of that nature uh-huh. it's kind of like the same thing with the usfl that's it sounds like the same type of I think it's a little bit cheaper of them getting paid in a USFL than it is the XFL. Yeah. But as far as the, the the rules on the field, how you feel about the after the touchdown, the one point, the two point, and the three points? So you have That's a one cool, point. Man. Yeah, the one point is at the two yard line. You have the the two points at the five yard line, and the three points at the ten yard line. We actually seen a successful three point conversion with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, I don't know if you remember the wide receiver from the Tim Bay Buccaneers back in 06, 07, Ricky Pro. Uh-huh. Um, I'm familiar his with son, that yeah. Austin Pro, yeah, had the game winning touchdown, and he was like the main key guy in the last minute. In wow. the last minute at 30 seconds, where they came down from a 15 point deficit, it was incredible. Yeah, and to see Madre, and his father is on the coaching staff for the Battlehawks. That's crazy. It was fun to watch, and to see Josh Gordon. Get a touchdown for the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons, I think they're called. Woo! Yeah, like, the uh, Sea Dragons. Ben, yeah. That was awesome, man. That was awesome, man. I was actually, uh, I met, I met Coach. Um, oh Lord, help me! I met the defensive coordinator for the uh, uh, the Orlando Guardians two weekends ago. Uh, shout out to CJ Holmes, the fan of the show. I've had him on before. He used to be on the Saints, got cut, and now he's in the XFL. And uh, hung out with him in person. That that's my guy right there. Uh, man, we, we saw uh, DeAndre Francois, the quarterback, met him in person, uh, met um, last name Plummer. He linebacker, played for UCF and was on the Redskins for a year But uh, back in 2015. But it, it, it's cool to see, like, all the big stars and to meet some of these guys in person was super dope, man. Like, so ho- hoping to crank out some XFL content here pretty soon, man, for real. Yeah, I actually had a segment on the podcast just breaking down the whole weekend. From the DC Defenders and uh, Battlehawks and uh, the um, mm-hmm. the San Antonio uh, Brahmas, um, I yeah. seen them. Um, Jack Cone is the starting quarterback over there. That was pretty interesting to watch to see Jack Cone because I thought he was in the NFL, but he's in the XFL. So that was pretty interesting to watch. There's a few players um, I'm really want to see. My team's the Las Vegas Vipers. You know that. You know Las Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Vipers. I got to keep it. Got to keep it together. Um, yeah. 
it's kind of interesting. Like, even though that we lost to the Renegades, we seen Geronimo Allison from the Green Bay Packers and Martavius Bryant get some time. Um, even Jeff Bidette, even a former Raider in Jeff Bidette, a guy that had a big game. So it, it was pretty cool to see some some players on the Vipers. Even they, I'm like, we got all these players on the Vipers and how we lose. Even we had Vic Beasley at running at, at, at a linebacker. We got yeah. all these guys from the NFL and we still lose to the Renegades. And I, but the Renegades are a good football team. I'm not going to lie. They're a really good football team. But yeah, it was good absolutely. to see something different and refreshing, you know, with football. Yeah, but do you I think agree. that thumbs up? Do you think the NFL would implement any of these rules at all? Man, it's a business, man. So if it comes down to it, bro, that would be sick, man. If they had like uh keep the extra point, but like, hey, if you if you shoot it from the 15 yard line or something like that, you know, it could be another field goal. But you you got you got to take and go for it, you know what I mean. So right. stuff like that, man. I love I love it, man. The game is evolving, you know. Some stuff it's like ah, man, you know, like horse collars. We don't want to see. I think it was a Terrell Owens tackle against the yeah. Cowboys fifteen years ago, however long it was. And you know, like oh, then they made it illegal, right? And then we see people get injured, and they're making game changes around player safety, which I think is great, man. Because I'm all about. Uh, people over profits you know but um but man there's that part of the game where it's like what we saw in the super bowl with the eagles you know what i mean and it comes down to that that stuff ticks me off man so supposedly the rules uh and speak with some of the coaches and stuff like that it's going to be uh very very laxed and stuff so which i like a lot and i think for player safety and you speak of that i like the way the xfl has a kickoff too yeah. I like the way they have the kickoff because you can't really do nothing until the player actually catches the ball and then you can start blocking or you can start going after the, the returner. I think that's good for player safety instead of them running down and probably pulling a hamstring and or twisting an ankle going down. I think that's a little bit more safe in that aspect. But uh, yeah. to switch over to the NFL, let me know the draft is coming up soon. Free agency is coming up soon. You said you're a Miami Dolphins fan, and mm-hmm. I gotta ask, what's going on with Tua? What what Man. is what is going on in Miami right now, and what you see the Miami Dolphins doing in the offseason? Yeah, so um, so what's happened? Tua is gonna be the starter going forward. The team has has said that. Um, I, you know, the football fan of me wants to see him out there again. Uh, mm-hmm. however, if I remove my feelings from it, I'm like, this guy needs to retire, man. He got roughed up so bad. I, I would really hope that the Dolphins put an emphasis on the O-line. Like, literally, we got a second round, two-third, two-six, and a seventh round. And then we got free agency. Mm-hmm. Let's, like, we, we need to be, like, top 13, man, when it comes to O-line this year. You know, Toronto Arms said, hey, that's great. Toronto Arms says, like, a top three tackle in the league. I love it. But – we got to protect our QB at the same time. And, he, you know, we got a bunch of injured guys, and then some of them even play mediocre at best when they're healthy, right? So um, sometimes he was running for his life, and he still had, one, I think it was the most accurate or one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but towards the end there is decision-making. I don't know if it was the concussions that got to him. Now, if I'm the Miami Dolphins organization, the second round, I'm taking Hendon Hooker. I know it's offensive. Fans are going to be pissed. There may even be a civil war breakout amongst us fans. But I'm taking Hendon Hooker. If he is waiting there in the second round, hot dang it, get your guy. Because Dolphins are in Super Bowl win mode now. We just have yeah, so yeah. many. 
dude, we were missing like, I think it was 15 starters between offense and defense. You know what I mean? Javon Holland gone. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Waddle, he was getting injured every other game. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. the O-line. Literally everybody on the O-line was just, you know, if you're a tackle one week, now you're going to be the center. Oh, well, next week we got you at guard, little Billy. It's you're constantly, and it's tough to build success that way. It really is, man. So uh, we, we're gonna have to restructure some people, man. We got Byron Jones, former Dallas Cowboy. He's supposed to get the bag this year. If we release him, I think we get like thirteen to seventeen mil. You know, mm. that, that's something that probably has to take and happen. Unfortunately, great player, right? But he didn't play at all for us last year. We got to cut our losses. We can't get. Uh, I, I've done this as fans where I'm like, I remember when Cam Wake was at the end of his career with the Miami Dolphins. I'm like, stay with us forever, retired Dolphin. And he went to another team, and that's just that's just what the league is, man. It's kind of on to the next one, man. But uh, but to answer your question more, uh, you know, up front, uh, we, we man, we got Vic Vangio. So that defense is going to be. Humming. I mean, we have fire getting his assistance on on that side too. I see yeah. a few that uh that they signed they they took from the Chargers to come to Miami. So yeah, yeah, man, he he's one of the better uh better defensive coaches in the league. He could dang near be a defensive coordinator himself, but he downgraded to be a DB's coach just because he loves Vic Bangio so much. I love it. People buying yeah. into the culture. I freaking love it. So um. That's that's very exciting, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that O line, man, it's it's tough to get excited, man. I, I want to see the O line, and then we got banged up at the receiver position. I'm not too crazy about Mike McDaniel. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, man, because all the penalties that we had, uh, some of his decision making as a play caller, I wasn't crazy about it. But maybe I'm being too harsh, which I often am. I've been told that. So I think we sound the same way with Mike McDaniels and Josh McDaniels. I think we sound the same way when it, when it comes yeah. to the Las Vegas Raiders. I had issues with with his with his play caller and what he did as far as roster wise. Now, hmm. last topic before we head out of here. Now I know Derek Carr is out there. Yeah. Derek Carr is out there. I mean, they did say some ties to the Miami Dolphins as well, but I don't see it happening. Where do you think that Derek Carr would end up? this season oh great you guys are some good questions man um (laughs) if i had to say where do i take and see him going man uh i'm gonna take a shock you with this one man um i'm i'm gonna name three teams that i take and see him going to uh number one the indianapolis colts i think he'd be a great fit over there uh not that i think he's gonna be the long-term answer but if you have a rookie quarterback it may be a per, it may be a little competition that they could have, and he could learn, and sign him on a short deal. Only sign Derek Carr for me like two years, first year. You know, get 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 him in there for you know, hey, thirty million with a seventeen mil guarantee. You know, quick two year deal. You know, train up the young buck and get get after it. The next would be the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. Really over Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is whack. He is Philip Rivers two point <laughs> And you talk to Vikings fans, it's like you speak in Mandarin, my friend. I don't know what you're saying. They 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 make so many excuses for this man. Stop with the excuses. He don't have the it factor. He <laughs> he chokes versus the Eagles, man. He was so terrible, man. And uh, and I remember remember little hype videos where he's hanging out and he has a grill on and he got he's like you know nerdy white guy. And he yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, that, that was real cute, but I knew that wasn't going to last forever. You know what I mean? And, again, he has all the intangibles to win a Super Bowl for that team. I mean, he is not – when I saw um, 
I don't want to uh, butcher his name, a uh, Nigerian gentleman. He's like the new uh, manager of the Vikings, uh, Kwesi Dolfo mm-hmm. or something like that. But I know his first name is Kwesi. Uh, he was hesitant to call Kirk Cousins the future quarterback, man. So I think a Derek mm-hmm. Carr on that team would be outstanding. Um, and then, of course, uh, the last team I'll take I'll throw on here would take him be the Houston Texans. Again, similar situation. He's not probably your future quarterback, but depend on what you do in the draft, man. You know, what I mean, if you draft a quarterback and also pick him up, I think that'd be a good look for uh, for them to take and learn from Derek Carr. And I I heard the Indianapolis Colts earlier in the in the in the year when they was talking about trading trading Derek Carr, but you know, Carr didn't have his no trade clause, so he get to pick where he go. Um, I didn't think of the Minnesota Vikings or the Houston Texans. I was thinking more of New Orleans Saints, which is another one that that needs a quarterback. He, he um, actually turned them down. Actually, that was that was going to happen. Yeah, that was going to happen until Carr turned it down. Carr was like, "No." <laughs> Carr was like, "I'm not giving. I'm not giving the Raiders no type of compensation. Screw that." Yeah. So yeah, I, I've been I've been on the defense of of Derek Carr, and a lot of people don't like it. I just don't like how the Raiders did the situation. Yeah. In my in my opinion, but I already knew I, this I like was Derek happening. Carr. I, I'm a fan of Derek Carr. Um, I think divorce when it comes to Sports could be a really good thing sometimes. It yeah. really can be, man. I've seen times where Andy Reid is a perfect example. Dude was not going to win in Philly. He wasn't. And right. and I'm not even saying Doug coach Doug Peterson is a better coach than him because Doug Peterson, you know, you look at his whole body work. He was back up to Dan Marino on the Dolphins. Uh, you also taking you look at. Um, you know, he he was he was an assistant coach. He was some type of coordinator underneath Andy Reid. So he learned from him, right? What I will say is that uh, when Andy Reid went to Kansas City, it was a fresh beginning. He now he he went to three Super Bowls and won two of them, right? And uh, had he stayed in Philly, I'm not sure if he would have had that same success because the fan base and the impatientness of we gotta win now, we gotta win now. You know what I mean? So um, they're quick to run you out in a town like Philly as well, too, right? So. Divorce could be a good thing. And I think for Derek Carr, man, he, man, I love Derek Carr. Do, do you remember that year where he was like an MVP candidate where he was like hurtling over he, people? He broke his leg in 2016. Ooh, yeah. Dude, he was, and he still is a beast. He still has it. You know, it's just that they, they, they got to support him. And I think it's maybe too little, too late kind of thing, man. Um, I think their heart's in the right direction, man. But we got to see what's up with this coach, uh, Josh McDaniels, man. So, yeah. And, we'll and and I, I don't I could talk Raiders all day long when it comes when it comes to it. So if you want to if you ever want to check out the Nothing But Raiders podcast, if you have a chance, man, you could definitely come by in the chat and I'll send you the link and stuff of that nature. And you'll see go. me go up about my Raiders because these Raiders fans, they are so happy that Carr is gone and they think Aaron Rodgers is the savior for us, where we have way too many more issues on this team than just a quarterback situation. So mm-hmm. That's another whole topic for another time. But yeah, I want to thank you for coming on, man. This was a great conversation. This was definitely fun to do. And I'm happy that we was able to get it done. And I know, you know, you you have wife and kids and stuff of that nature. And I'm happy to, you know, get at least 30 minutes of your time or a little bit over 30 minutes of your time to just talk, man. Just, Just have a great conversation about sports, man. It's been fun. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll connect soon, man. And uh, I'll share a few contacts with you, man. And uh, you'll be pleased who I share with you, man, for sure. Awesome. Awesome, man. So make sure y'all go subscribe to Touchdown Doug with Doug Smith, man. Make sure y'all go. and The link would definitely be in the description. So make sure y'all go 
subscribe to his channel. All the interviews will be there. He just did an interview today. Make sure y'all go check it out. The guy knows his stuff, man. He knows his stuff. So that's why I connected with him because I only connect with people that know what they're talking about. So thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. And oh, man. um, enjoy the rest of your night and peace out, man. We'll definitely talk. We, we got each other's numbers now. We could definitely stay connected. And hopefully, you know, one day I could come on your show and we can, you know, interview some of the players with you. Sir. Oh, that's the thing too, man. After April, um, I do a quick series where I, dra- I, I grade each uh, division. So, man, once we get to AFC West, man, love to have you on. And then uh, during regular season, I do two to four live shows a, a week. So, uh, awesome. covering different games I'm down and stuff. For it. And so, yeah, we gonna collab a lot. Yeah, just usually like part of December all the way till draft day, man. I'm like. Phew. Interview time, man. <laughs> so yeah, um, interviews at the interviews. I feel it. I understand that, man. It's fun. It's it's gonna be really awesome. I can't wait. Yes, sir, man. But dude, have a blessed night, man. And thank you so much again, man. All right, thank you. I appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir, man. Take care, y'all. Peace. All right, peace. Take care. And that is Doug, ladies and gentlemen. Touchdown, Doug, with Doug Smith. Make sure y'all go subscribe to his channel. Make sure you go follow him on all social medias at Touchdown with Doug Smith. The Touchdown with Doug Smith, the guy is a really, really awesome guy. It's been a very, very decent show, ladies and gentlemen. We are over the hour and 30-minute mark. We was just chatting, and we just had to cut it off, man. But make sure y'all follow me, which is the Darian Hopkins Show, at Twitter and Instagram at the D Hopkins show. If you want to listen to the audio podcast version of this, make sure you go to Spotify and Apple podcast at the Darian Hopkins show and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is the Darian Hopkins show. And before we go, ladies and gentlemen, before we go, if you like live events, if you like comedy, if you like sporting events, anything that's live, Make sure you go to SeatGeek.com and get your first $20 off your purchase using the promo code SRT, ladies and gentlemen. And that's promo code SRT for SeatGeek and get your first $20 off your first purchase. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Darian Hopkins Show. I really do appreciate it. Peace, love, and happiness. And I will see y'all Wednesday on the Darian Hopkins Show. And I will see y'all in the next live stream or in the next video. Peace out.